This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 126, Science and Meditation. Are Mystics Just Having a Brainwave? By Mary Yuksh of goodlifezen.com. And I'm your host, Dr. Neil Malik. Welcome to a Monday edition and another week of Optimal Health Daily. If you're new here, this is the podcast where I read to you from some of the best health and fitness blogs out there. Now, before we get into today's post, really quickly, every month, we give away books to random people who are on our mailing list. So if you wanna be a part of that and get some helpful spreadsheets to optimize your life, definitely join. You can enter your email address at oldpodcast.com or text the word BATMAN to the number 44222. All right, let's hear today's post and start optimizing your life. Science and Meditation. Are Mystics Just Having a Brainwave? By Mary Yuksh of goodlifezen.com. Is the brain hardwired for mystical experiences? These and other questions are the focus of a new breed of brain scientists. Before I describe some of their research results, here's a question for you. What do you think of the following experience? Quote, I stood in my bathroom, ready to go into the shower, and realized I can no longer define the boundaries of my body, of where I begin and where I end. Then the chatter in my brain went silent. For a moment, I was shocked to be in total silence. I felt enormous and expansive, and my spirit soared. I remember thinking, there is no way that I can squeeze the enormousness of myself back inside my tiny body. Instead of a continuous flow of experience that could be divided into past, present, and future, every moment seemed to exist in perfect isolation. On this special day, I learned the meaning of simply being. End quote. Wonderful experience, right? Maybe it's even the start of an enlightenment experience. Wrong. It's the start of a stroke. The stroke happened to brain scientist Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. She suffered a severe stroke in her 30s. In the course of four hours, she noticed her brain functions shut down one by one. Motion, speech, memory, and self-awareness. Her stroke disabled the left hemisphere of her brain. It took her eight years to recover, and she now predominantly uses the right side of her brain. This is Jill describing the difference between both hemispheres from her TED Talk. Quote, The right hemisphere functions like a parallel processor, while the left hemisphere functions like a serial processor. So they process information differently. They think about different things. They care about different things. And I would say that they have very different personalities. Our left hemisphere thinks linearly and methodically. It's all about the past and about the future. It's designed to take that collage of the present moment and pick out details after details, categorize them, associate them with all of what we have learned in the past, and project it onto our future possibilities. It thinks in languages. It's the internal chatter that connects us to the external world. It's the calculating intelligence that reminds me when I have to do my laundry. And most important, it's the voice that tells me I am. Our right hemisphere is all about this very moment, right here, right now. It thinks in pictures information in the form of energy streams and simultaneously through all of our sensory system, and then it explodes into what this present moment feels like, end quote. I was struck by the way her language parallels the focus of meditation. As a Zen teacher, I'm forever encouraging my students to let go of internal chatter, of linear thoughts, and of ideas about the self. I urge them to embrace the present moment, just as it is. After reading Dr. Bolte-Taylor's description, I began to wonder whether what we're doing in Zen is to train people to use their right instead of their left brain. But it's not as simple as that, as I found out when I consulted Professor Richard J. Davidson, who has researched the brain's response to meditation. 
I asked him whether Dr. Bolte-Taylor's experience challenges his own research that pinpoints the left prefrontal cortex as an area of neural activity strongly associated with deep meditation. He answered, quote, much depends upon exactly where her stroke was. The fact is that the changes in the brain that occur in deep meditation likely involve profound shifts in large-scale neuronal connectivity, and whatever is occurring in the left prefrontal cortex is one small part of a larger pattern, end quote. Dr. Bolte-Taylor maintains that the brain research performed by Andrew Newberg and the late Eugene D. Ackley earlier this decade have helped her understand exactly what was going on in her brain. Using SPECT, or SPECT, Single Photon Emission Computed Tomography, these two scientists identified the neuroanatomy underlying our ability to have a spiritual or mystical experience. Tibetan meditators and Franciscan nuns were involved in the experiments. They were asked to tug on a cotton twine when they reached either the meditative climax or felt united with God. Here's what they found. At that moment, there was a decrease in the activity of the left hemisphere's language centers resulting in a silencing of their brain chatter and a decrease in the activity of the orientation association area. Bolte-Taylor explains, quote, this is the region that helps us identify our personal physical boundaries. When this area is inhibited, we lose sight of where we begin and end relative to the space around us, end quote. In terms of Buddhism, such insights are not new. Many ancient and contemporary descriptions of meditation experiences include the two aspects of quiet mind and boundless body. It's interesting to see that such experiences are now accepted by mainstream science. The research finding that I find particularly interesting is that the human brain seems to be hardwired for mystical experiences. What do you make of this? Do you think such research is a positive thing because it confirms the value of meditation? Or do you feel disturbed that peak human experiences could be reduced to blips on a brain scanner? You just listened to the post titled Science and Meditation, Are Mystics Just Having a Brainwave? by Mary Yuksh of goodlifesend.com. And if you have thoughts about those questions asked at the end of the article, you can answer them in the form of a comment on her post, which is actually linked through our website, oldpodcast.com, or on this episode's description also at oldpodcast.com. All I will say about this is that it still amazes me that in this day and age, we still don't know so much about human physiology, especially the brain. It's really amazing. And I do hope that you get a moment to answer some of those questions that Mary asked. Now, one more time, if you want to be entered to win books from us, come by oldpodcast.com and join the mailing list. It's totally free. You'll hear from us once a week with some life tips, quotes, and updates, and it's a great way to show that you like what you hear. All right, Monday's episode is in the books. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for sharing this show with a friend, and I'll see you on tomorrow's show where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one. Literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too, where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too, and together we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com 
That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift, as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.